Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Taking you right up to noon. Before handing it off to D'Lo and KC there down in Sky River Casino today out at Blue 32. Great bar, good food. Yeah. Good vibes over there. Definitely recommend hanging out. Yeah. I'm going to do my best to slide through. There's a, I'm, I'm probable to slide through. 25% chance I don't, right? I am doubtful. Yeah, no, you're definitely doubtful. But see, Sky River for me is in the direction of home. It's not on the way, yeah. but it's that direction. For you, it is the wrong way. It is the wrong way. You're going out of your... So I get it. I get it. I don't I don't blame you one bit. Um, we've talked so much lately as we as we circle back to the Sacramento Kings. Here. We've talked so much, especially after their loss to the Pelicans the other night where Harrison Barnes plays 34 minutes. He had four points and four rebounds, and I think he took four shots. I don't think he took... I think he took three. Three shots. Yeah, it just wasn't wasn't super impactful, um, it, really in any way. And it led to the whole discussion of like, oh, Harrison Barnes, I got to move on. Okay, fine. Because I think you're right. Harrison Barnes is your fifth dude. Okay. But then you start looking at the Kings. And for me, in fact, this is this is kind of where I want to jump off. For me, the, the whole discussion does not revolve around Harrison Barnes and is he good enough to be a team's fifth best player in a vacuum. It's if he's your fifth best player, what contributions do you need to get from one through four? And that's where I think the the crux of the whole issue is for me. Because if Harrison Barnes is your fifth guy, I don't I think you need more from one through four that they're not necessarily going to get. It's, I think you need to be better at one of at I, I say one through four, not as like not on the on the floor positionally. I mean like in pecking order in your starting order or starting lineup. Yeah, well, I, I think as of right now, I, part of the problem is that that a couple of the guys aren't playing really uh, aren't playing consistently well around him, right? Mm-hmm. So I would just you know again, Keegan Murray's been all over the board all season right. long. It it's been. You know, he's shooting 38.9% from the field. He's shooting 30.8% from three. Like, he really has been up and down. He's averaging 12.9 points per game, but it's an inefficient, and he's missed a bunch of games, and we don't even know if he's going to play tomorrow night, right. right? Like, again, he he had back trouble in the first half 
of uh, of the loss on Monday, and we don't even know where if he's going to be able to go or not. Um, and then I would also throw Kevin Herter in the same mix. Like Kevin Herter has played better, mm. but Kevin Herter is not the fifteen point something points per game guy that he was last year either. At this point, mm. he's shooting forty five percent from the field. He's shooting thirty eight percent from three, which is good. But again, he's around twelve point nine points per game. The guy who's really stepped up is Malik Monk off the bench. He's right. at almost 15 points per game. And he's your third leading scorer, which I think is is interesting, that your third leading scorer is your sixth man. Mm-hmm. So saying all this, I, I don't know what this – I think you're right, Kyle. Like the players around him have to be better, but I'm not sure that they can't be better. So like I know who Fox and I know who Sabonis are. Mm-hmm. But I also think that both Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter are 15 to 17 point per game guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can't have everyone score that much, right? Mm-hmm. But I think at a minimum, Keegan Murray should be able to raise his game to a point where he's that guy. Yeah. You're just waiting for it. Like, when is it going to happen? And so far this season, he hasn't looked particularly great. He struggled. He's had injury problems. Like, all these things are kind of piling up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if if everything is about this season, then I've got to go hunt somebody right now that can make me better, Mm -hmm. right? But I don't think everything is about just this season. 100%. Yeah. And that's what, that's, that. the good news is, especially specifically just as Harrison Barnes was the jumping off point here, he can't even get traded until December 29. Yeah. So they have time to figure this out. My question is just by February when the trade deadline is, if Keegan Murray is up and down still, like let's just say his numbers are roughly what they are right now. Maybe they're a tick better, but just kind of roughly what they are right now. He's been in and out with the back. Is it still just, ah, hey, you know what? This is all fine. We'll see how far this goes this year and then run it back again next year. Or do you make a move at this deadline for, like you said, the future? Not necessarily for this March, but maybe for next March. Yeah. Like you're saying March. I mean April and May. Yeah, I, I, I would keep saying that I don't think this team right now is has the horses to compete for a championship. I agree. I think they have they're good enough to maybe even make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to win a championship, they would have to get lucky. Like like certain things would have to happen with other teams for them to get mm-hmm. and then if they got through the Western Conference somehow, you get to the finals and, and it, again, I don't know that you could beat if everyone had all of their players and you're going head up, I don't think that the Kings would be the the eventual winners. Just as they're constructed, I think they're close. No, I do too. And that's why this whole discussion is even... If they weren't close, if this was 2018, it would be like, who cares? Like what? Yeah. Just Harrison Barnes is fine. But it does feel like, man, they are they are on the precipice. But here's my... And this is this is the whole issue I have is you can sit there and circle Harrison Barnes and go, hey, you know what? That's the guy that, because Kevin Herter, you know he can shoot it. Keegan Murray's a, a core piece. So are Domas and Fox. So they're untouchable. Those are your guys. So Harrison Barnes, he's got to, he's got I just wonder what value he has and how much better you're actually going to make your team just by trading Harrison Barnes and some picks. Some picks that may or may not be that valuable to other teams. Like first round picks matter, but if you think the Kings are going to be good and those are going to be late first, those are going to be less valuable than a first from Washington or Detroit. 
I, I still think that no matter who you're trading with, everyone believes that they're Sacramento Kings first round picks, and those are usually more valuable than anyone else picks. Okay, that's fair. Because historically, the Kings have always been. So mm-hmm. you will get a little residual of like, hey, this is still a Sacramento Kings pick. They And and I also think that there are certain teams out there that believe that the Kings may plateau, that they may cap out like at a relatively moderate level where it's not going to be a team that you're you're looking at like the 25th, 26th, 27th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like their, their pick this last year, 24th pick, that's not a great pick. Mm-mm. That's not a, a, a pick that you can go, you know, be a franchise changer. Right. But Kyle, I'd also make the argument that like, how many times do we hear how many picks the Oklahoma City Thunder have? Oh, dude, totally. All the time, right? And yeah. what we don't hear is that, oh, well, that's a 27th pick, that's a 29th pick, that's a right. 16th pick. Right. People don't start labeling those picks because you can't, because you don't know where that team's going to be when it comes time. Yeah. Most of their those picks that they have aren't great picks. Right. They have 18 of the next 20 first-round picks. Like, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's okay, but what are you going to do? You can't. You can't draft all those players. They right. can't all yeah. fit on a 15-man roster. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've had problems with. Like, they've had to dump players. So, yeah, I, I would say that the Kings pick is still valuable. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. They have the 24, 24 pick is if they make the playoffs, it gets relayed to the Atlanta Hawks uh, mm-hmm. as part of the Kevin Herter trade. If it doesn't, then it floats out there and it could go in 25 or 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I think the in 2027, if it hasn't been relayed, it's two seconds. Um, so, but the way the Kings could, they can trade their 26 as of right now. They can trade their 28, they can trade 30, but the 26, you have to put like a little asterisk that it's if the 2024 pick is relayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that would impact what you can do past that. You can't pay trade two years in a row and you can't trade extend out more than seven years. Mm-hmm. So the furthest the Kings can go is a 20, uh, the 2030 pick. Jeez. Yeah. 2030, bro. Yeah, that's just wild. nuts to me. Yeah. As somebody who covers the NFL very closely, the idea of trading a pick in 2030 blows my mind. If you tried to call a team and say like, Hey, we want to trade our 2030 first round pick. They'd be like, you can have a seventh next year, I guess. Yeah. It would just not even be, <laughs> pick holds no value. It's very strange. The, M- yeah. the NBA is very strange. And then you can trade a pick on draft night. You can trade the player that was picked. Hey, why did they do that? I can't, we have to go to break, but I hate that. That you can trade a, a player once he's picked? The, yeah, there are so many photos of guys in their draft hats and then guys are being drafted by teams on that night and everybody knows that they're not going to play. I don't get it. It's because of the Stepien rule. I don't get why. Uh, just if the Kings draft a guy who's going to go to the Mavericks, why doesn't that guy just put a Mavericks hat on? Everybody knows it's happening. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they would do that. Well, it's always possible that the trade falls through. Somebody fails a physical or something. Yeah, but yeah, weird. those weird. deals are done, though, all of them. All right, let's talk names. Who are some players the Kings could add to get better? We're going to do that next. Uh, that's James and Kyle. We're on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports. Later. Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Check that. 15 losses in a row for the Spurs now. 15. Ooh. And are the are the are the uh 
Okay, I was I was wondering if the Detroit Pistons were still at 17. No, I think they're at 18 now. Is there another Victor Wimanyama that no one told us about? I'm just wondering, like, why these teams are. Lo- I mean, I, I, it's tough. They're gonna they're everybody. <laughs> everybody's tanking again. No, that's the thing. That's the thing that sucks with Detroit. And a uh, friend of the station, Trista Crick, did a whole podcast about this. Check out the Heat Check, uh, an Odyssey original podcast. But she did a whole thing about this. How like the the Pistons were trying. The Pistons aren't tanking. The Pistons genuinely built this roster and then hired Monty Williams to be like, yeah, hey, we have the talent. You mold it now and we're going to win a lot. That was their plan. You know, someone in the chatty house. They were 2-1 and one after three games. They were 2-1 oh. and one on October 28th. We're on December 7th and they haven't won. Oof. Okay, so I'm going to pull this up right here. Uh, Secure Nabeem said Monty Williams is a fraud. Um, no. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a, a lot. I'm going to say that uh, Monty Williams in that situation, like you're it, you're the same as Dave Yeager was when the Kings traded for all these young players mm-hmm. and drafted all these young players where they had nine first and second year players. Yeah. And Dave Yeager's second season with the Kings. Like I think Monty Williams is a good coach. He's not like my favorite coach. Yeah. Like, and I like. There's, there's also something to this specific job. He didn't really want to take this job. Yeah. Did you see how much they paid him? <laughs> well, he kept saying no, and they kept throwing more money in. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I want to buy your house. My house isn't for sale. Well, it is now. Yeah. Here's five million dollars. Yeah. Here's five million dollars. Like. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. well, I guess, guess I have moving. to take this. I, I <laughs> guess I guess I have to do this. Um, yeah, so I, I think he can coach. I just think he's in a weird situation there where you have so many young players. And the problem that he's starting to run into is I think you're starting to lose Cade Cunningham. You're start, You're going to see some of those players, like especially like Cade, like, I didn't sign up for this. Get me out of here now. Yeah. I'm not going to be a piston for life. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this you have to find a way for me to go somewhere else because this is not who and what I want to be as a basketball player. Yeah, they're just not competitive. And that's that's got to be the hardest thing. Yeah, that and there's no way for him to be great there. Yeah, And, and like you want him, as a player, you want to find a way to be great. Well, if the other team just tries to take you away and like double team you and do things mm-hmm. to slow you down all the time, it really does limit how good you can be, and I, I feel for him. You know, he's not shooting well, but again, I, I'm going to guarantee like most of his shots are very highly contested, and you know he's averaging 22 and 7.4 assists per game, and he's he's a good young player. He's still only 20. Well, he's 22, um, but this is one of those things where you can ruin a young player like this, and uh, he he needs to find somewhere else to play. Like it, they've got talent. Man, I think Jalen Duren's really talented. I think Asur uh, Thompson is that's, really talented. That and that's why I think that's that's where like I don't think Monty Williams is like a like a top five coach or anything crazy like that. I think he's an NBA coach though, but yeah. I also don't know if he's equipped for a roster like this. That hey, this this team needs an this is not the Pistons overestimated how good their team was. They thought Monty Williams was going to step in and be like, hey. Here's what we can do with all this talent. And it turns out, like, I'm not, I'm out on James Wiseman. I'm out on Marvin Bagley. I'm out on Jaden Ivey. Like, I just don't, I don't, 
I don't think those are championship level pieces where you can say, hey, yeah, let's start here. This is a good foundation. Yeah. And Cade Cunningham can be a foundational piece. I think Asore Thompson can be a foundational piece in Jalen Duren. I think those are the three players where you're like, yeah, everything else on that roster, what's Alec Burks doing there? Oh, yeah. What's Boyan Bogdanovich doing on that roster? Yeah, why is Boyan there? And you you had two first-round picks that were I, offered to you, and you said no? I don't what? I, I don't understand what, what they're doing, but they've now lost 18 in a row. Somehow we got sidetracked when we're talking about the Detroit happen? Pistons. I don't know. We, 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 coming out of the break, we were talking about like these two teams that can't win at all. No, you're right. Um, yeah, so okay. what Back else do we got to get to? Back to a team that can win. That's right. So we're talking about trade ideas. Okay, so who? I'm going to throw names out, and we're just going to talk about them. So I was listening to a podcast, and somebody who covers the 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 Raptors was on it. And they were saying that he was saying that he believes that the Raptors have an either or thing with OG and Siakam. And he's also not like they won't keep both of them. And he's also of the mind that they are inclined to pay OG Ananobi. Like they want to pay him and make him and Scotty Barnes the new thing moving forward. Okay. Which means Siakam is probably the one who's going to be available there. Okay. Is Pascal Siakam a player that you would like to see the Kings try and get? Of course. I I am with you. The problem is, and I'm so happy you said that, because if you had said no, it really would have derailed what I had to say. Um, the problem is, is I don't know that the Kings have the assets or want to part with the assets that would make that deal happen. Because I think there's going to be several teams that want Pascal Siakam. Uh, well, there's going to be a lot of teams that want Pascal Siakam. Um the problem that you have there is number one, he's a free agent at the end of the season. Correct. So you'd have to put him in a situation where he can succeed and wants to, wants to go wherever he's going. Right. Right. Now I, I always say that. And then, you know, like I'll just say that like very seldom do players get traded to the Sacramento Kings and then instantly be like, yeah, I'm out of here. Like that doesn't happen. Like we saw it with, uh, George Hill. Um, no, like he get, he signed here and then didn't want to be here. No, like what I mean is more of the Dante DiVincenzo situation oh, where, oh, oh, where oh, you get that. a player who gets traded to the Kings and mm-hmm. then that offseason leaves, right? More often than not, what happened like with Sabonis or what happened with Harrison Barnes multiple times now happens. People get to Sacramento. They're like, hey, this is much different than I thought. The vibe is cool. The building's cool. Uh, the fan base is incredible. You feel mm-hmm. like a superstar when you're walking around. It's not like being in Toronto where you're one of a million things that are going on in yeah. the city of Toronto. Right. You walk around Toronto, uh, like maybe people are like running up to get your autograph everywhere you go, but it's also possible that you're just, you know, again, the the baseball stadium's right next to it. Yeah, yeah. And there's another 25 players right there that are mm-hmm. wandering around your city as well. There's other things happening is my point, you know, hockey, all that stuff. Um, the problem is that Siakam is like, he's a $38 million player. So you got to come up with a lot to get him. And that, and not just to match salaries, but then on top of that, what is it you're giving up? So if, if I'm the Raptors, I'm listening. Like you have to Mm -hmm. listen. And I'd say the key to Siakam is this, is it, He's a really good passer. He's a really good rebounder. He's a really good scorer. Mm-hmm. When Demonis Sabonis steps off the floor, you could still run your offense through Pascal Siakam. When they're on the floor together, you can space the floor with Siakam because he can't shoot the three ball. 
Yeah. Like he does check a bunch of the boxes. Thing is he's 29 years old. He'll be 30, uh, you know, like soon. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is you're going to have to give up something to get him. So if they're willing to listen for, you know, it'd have to be a package of like Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, uh, Chris Duarte, that might get you there salary wise. Mm -hmm. And then two first round picks. That's one thing, but that's a lot to extend if you're the Kings. If you don't have any guarantee, he's going to stick. Yeah. He's going to stay around. And turns 30 at the end of this season, okay. April 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. So you would be also then having to pay him probably a lot of money through his age, like 34 season. Yeah. You, you have to give him a five year extension, a five year deal. 35 season. Yeah. 34, 35. Yeah. Oof. That's a lot. And, but you're probably going to get plenty out of it. I, I agree. So if they just innovate, Adam Silver says, I'm stepping in, I'm putting Pascal Siakam on the Kings for free. They don't have to give anything up. Like, awesome. But I just, this is the exact type of deal. And the reason I started with, with Pascal was because I don't know that the Raptors are doing that for anything less than Keegan Murray. Okay. And then the Kings probably still hang up the phone. I, I, I would yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. So, like, the Kings have said no, no, no about trading um, Keegan Murray before. You're, right now, you're, like, why would you sell low on Keegan? Because he's not playing well. He's he's had a back issue. Um, you need to see if he's going to be the guy and, still. Yeah, I, I'm with And that just sends a terrible message. Like, hey, this guy made more threes than any rookie ever, and he was awesome, and then punt. Yeah, but they also traded Tyrese Halliburton a year and a half in. Yeah, but that wasn't not in I, this I know. situation. A little no, no, I, I know. Yeah. The situation's different, but that would be my rebuttal is like, well, they've shown that they would trade before, but there's a love of Keegan Murray within the walls of that organization. Mm -hmm. They pinned a lot of their hopes exactly. to him. They need him to play up to that and he struggled to do that so far in year two but and there's a, proof a positive that he fits though yeah yeah that you can win with him no i totally agree yeah. so yep uh i have more names we'll do that next okay espn 1320 worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Loop on ESPN 1320. Damn right, we're brought to you by Jiffy Lube. That's right, Kyle. Yeah, man. We uh, we appreciate we appreciate them very much for the PS5s, which we'll be giving away next week. We will also be giving away a copy of NBA 2K24. If you're like, hey, I don't want to wait till next week to do that. Well, I. <laughs> I have a suggestion for you. Get down to Sky River Casino today at Blue 32. D'Lo and Casey doing a live show out there. They're out there for four hours, their entire show, noon to four. And they took with them, they stole from us. They absconded with. Check that. No, we gave to them. That's right. (laughs) APS5 and a copy of NBA 2K24. So they will be down there with that, giving that away at their live show at Sky River Casino. So That's awesome. uh, Good drinks down there, good food, really good times, and a chance to win a gaming console. You must be present to win. I, I think that that's what I, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. So get down there. Get just down in there. case. Yeah. Just in case it's like know. you and two people. And then yeah. all you have to do is be able to beat up the other person and what? you get a PS5. I already saw, I already saw that Zabo in our YouTube chat at youtube.com slash ESPN 1320 is yep. just in the building already. He's already at Sky River. Just at Sky River watching him set up and, and watching the inside. Heck yeah. Shout out Zabo. I had a great time doing that, uh, going down there that one time where that's a, that that's was the, the origins. Time, that's the first time you and I ever met. Uh, it, in person. Really? Oh, I was going to say, we had done shows, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in person, that's the first time that I think we'd ever, like... Like, uh, I was at NBC. You were at NBC. We didn't know each other, though. I knew who you were. <laughs> you did not know who I was. Yeah, that's but... Fine. That, no, that's it, fine. That's fine. No, that's fine. It's really difficult you didn't take time. You didn't get take take time to get to know the little people. It's a, <laughs> there's like a wall of people. All these snapshots. So many people. And I, there's so many people. And I was there like twice a month. Yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. like, hey, James. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> Hi, bud. How are you? Hey, gu- hey, guy. Hey, guy. What's up? What's up, dude? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Just super mad that you didn't take the time to know every PA <laughs> every. in the building. Every person. As, as I ran the ticker. Um, people took the ticker seriously. You think that little thing that comes up on the bottom of the screen, I'm sure it's all automated now, but when I started at NBC, you had to like manually put in this headline oh, or yeah. this thing. The scores were all automated, but if there was like a game replay, you had to make sure that the ticker was scheduled to not have the score in the game replay. It was a whole thing. That's awesome. It was it was a lot, and I had no idea that that much work. I had full shifts just dedicated to doing the ticker. Oh, that's wild! Insanity. I would have had like no idea that that someone does that there. Like, that's because do you know what? Because they put you in the corner, and they're like, "This is your workstation." Please. Nobody puts Kyle in the corner. Oh no, they did daily. Wow, it's fine. It's okay. Whatever. All right, whatever. 
Get throw me more names. Who I got we? more. I got more names. Let's for do you this. For Kings trades. That's what we're doing right now. Kings, Kings trade ideas. Ways to make the Kings better because they're not they're not so far away that it's like massive overhaul. Got to redo everything. But it's definitely like hey, and it's not a tiny roster tweak. Like hey, if they get their seventh or eighth guy, they need they need a significant enough addition that it like impacts our starting lineup. But at the same time, you've got to make that addition without getting rid of Keegan Murray. So um, I'm just going to throw some names up. We've talked about this guy before, Alex Caruso. Yeah, I would take Alex Caruso on this roster anytime. So fast. Uh, he can play multiple positions, uh, a one, two, three. He's I, a good defender. I think he'd be the player they thought they were getting with Chris Duarte. Okay, that makes sense. Like just the same kind of role. Yeah, and I think that that's the problem that, you know, you haven't been able to give Duarte enough of a leash. And then there's been games where he's been really good, but then other games where you're like, okay, like he's not even in the rotation sort mm -hmm. of, um, and, and that's a problem. And that's what that's the whole thing is we talk about this team and, and you talk about building is not, this is not a conversation for, hey, how do they win a playoff series? This is a conversation for, hey, how do they go to the conference finals? How do they get into that contending tier? Yeah. And if you have a bench full of guys where it's like, yeah, sometimes, but you don't want to go into a playoff series with, if you're Mike Brown going, okay, I know I've got Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. I don't know why I said Malik first, but Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, um, Keegan Murray, and then Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter. And then who's, what's the depth look like? We'll figure it out on the fly. You don't want to do that. In the regular season, you can all mix and match and play matchups and, oh, hey, Sasha's going to get 20 minutes. You can't do that in a playoff series. At least not not four and go win a title. So um, I think Caruso would help the depth immensely. Yeah. And I think he'd be available for a reasonable ask. I also think he'd be, like, people fight me on this, like, oh, no, he's going to cost way more than that. Oh, there's going to be so many teams that want him. Like, Calm down. I think there are going to be a lot of teams that want him to a point. Like, I think there will be a lot of teams that call and go like, hey, you take a couple of seconds for Caruso? Well, that's what it is. There's going to be a bunch of teams that want him, and the asking price that they're going to offer is a sec is one or two second-round picks and an expiring contract. Yeah. Can you come up with that? Mm -hmm. And the fact is, yes, the Kings, or, or even not an expiring contract. Can you come up with a lower-budget contract yeah. that maybe is two years that you got something you can work with? Mm. So I, I don't know what it would take, um, but that's someone that I definitely like. You're talking about like seven, eight, nine man on your rotation, mm -hmm. but like maybe the equivalent of what you have in Trey Lyles, but in guard form. Yeah, he's played in big games. You know what you're going to get yeah. out of him. I, I, I'm I'm all in on that idea. What about Kelly Olynyk? Um. Okay. So I really dig Olynyk. And I think he's a really good player. I think he does a lot of what Sabonis does, just at, like, he's sort of a little bit budget. Um, definitely physical. I would at least I would at least listen. Mm -hmm. The problem that I have with Olenek is that, is he too similar? Can he block shots? Can he, can he play defense at a higher clip or give you something different on the defensive end? Again, he's physical. He's a good rebounder. He's a... He's a very good passer. I think you could mm -hmm. run the offense for him. I guess if I'm going to say, I'll say this. If I've always said yes to Mason Plumley, <laughs> then, then I would have to say yes to Kelly Olenek because sure. I actually think Olenek, 
and his ability to shoot the three gives you an opportunity that at some point you could actually pair those two together for a short stint. Um, he's 32 years old. I don't know what he makes, um, but I could have that up in like two seconds. We have the technology. Final year of a 12, he, he makes 12.1 million this year, 12.2. So that would cost you a little bit. He's hurt right now. Okay. By January, maybe he's good to go. But yeah, I, I think that that, helps in terms of it's not like oh hey all of a sudden you have an elite big man or anything like that and honestly he's not even starting but i'd feel way better about 18 minutes of kelly olenic than i would 12 minutes of javel mcgee yeah i think so too especially his ability to shoot the three his ability to pass the ball Mm-hmm. Those are things that stand, and his ability to to get physical and pop somebody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, like an enforcer. I I'm down with that. Yeah. Like I, I would take Kelly Olenek, but again, it's with the understanding that he's number eight, number nine, number ten in my rotation. Oh, for sure, for sure. But again, if Kelly Olenek is like your ninth guy, eh, all right. Okay, so let's just before we move on, like, can we establish that you're in some order? You have seven players that you're super comfortable with. With the Kings, that's Fox, uh, Her- Herter, uh, Barnes, Keegan, Domas, and then your next two guys off the bench are Malik Monk and uh, and Trey Lyles, right? So you you have seven. You could find somebody who pushes one of those guys down a little bit further on, uh, as far as the rank of what we're saying. But then it's that next step, the eight, nine, ten, where you don't know what you have. Right. Yeah, and honestly, like, but that's that's the thing is, and I guess maybe this is this is the the bigger the bigger piece of this conversation is you name those seven guys and you say, hey, okay, you're talking about your eighth or ninth guy. I don't know that this top seven is enough to go win a title. Okay, that's well, my that's the big question I have, which is why I look at. Harrison Barnes and I look at Kevin Herter and if Trey Lyles is if Trey Lyles is now eight okay that's now you're talking yes yes but if Trey Lyles is, is like a guy that you're leaning on heavily I'm not I'm not totally there well if if your goal is to win a championship yes and yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of like I said that's even, the lens I'm, I'm trying to view this thing. even yeah if there's a way that you could make a trade to bring in a really 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 excellent player that moves into your starting five and and it doesn't require you to lose a Harrison Barnes, man. Now you're really like Harrison Barnes as your one of your three guys coming off the bench. Now you're talking about something. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot more comfortable in that situation. But again, I, whoever it would be, it's going to be a fifth starter and yeah. and or a, a fourth option. You know, they're going to be fighting for a third, fourth, fifth option. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you can get somebody to fit into that. I I, I don't know. I would call the Warriors about Moses Moody. Yeah, I would. He doesn't play consistently enough. Yep. They don't every time he plays, he's good. He's played big playoff minutes for them. They still won't put him consistently in the rotation. I know they have this two timelines and oh. and two timelines timelines is over. I know, but that's their that's Yeah, if, it's if, over. It so. is. It is it's been. And so if I'm if I'm the Kings, I'd call and see Hey, what's the asking price on on Moody here? Yeah. Because that's a wing player who hustles on defense. I wouldn't call him like a great defender, but he's a fine, okay defender, good rebounder, 
knocks down threes. And that's where this is in the scope of like this year. A, I think he can get better. And if he plays more specifically, but B now, if he's like your eighth guy consistently night in and night out, well, he's that long athletic wing defender that you don't have. And he's not like some of the wing defenders that are going to go do the highlight real donk here and there. Mm -hmm. He's more of a three and D guy Mm -hmm. that needs to tighten up the defense a little bit, but he's long and athletic, you know, basically like a, a more offensive version well, he's like the offensive version of like a Matisse Thibel. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting the elite defender, but you are getting that type of energy player. I just don't think like he's not Herb Jones where he's going to go get no. like like five layups in a game. And you're like, well, how did that just happen? <laughs> you know, I think he, he does have skill though. And I do like Moses Moody. I liked him in the draft. And he's a player that I thought that the Kings should have considered just because of his, his uh, like, attributes as a player like his length athleticism speed yeah. ability to shoot the three all those things yeah i would still I, be in he's 21 i don't i i don't and because of that i don't think golden state would be super interested in dealing him i i, I don't but again <laughs> they also don't seem super interested in playing him regularly so i have i have no idea what their plan is so i just threw him in there no no that's fine <laughs> yeah um would you call the wizards hear me out yep <laughs> Would you call the Wizards and say, what's up with Tyus Jones? Yes. I would too. I would say, what's up with Tyus Jones? What's up with Denny Avisha? Mm, I, I don't love... Denny's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think Denny is a earth-shattering, changing thing. And the problem that I have, Tyus Jones just got there, right? Mm-hmm. But Denny Avisha has been there long enough to really, really feel losing. Yeah. And I don't know that you want to go get a player who just has done nothing but been part of losing. And I don't blame him at all. It's more of a, um, like a situational thing. Mm. Like I, I think Denny Avisha is a good player. I think he can, he plays a little bit of defense. He can pass the ball. He can shoot the ball. Like, I think if you're looking for a long-term potential starter at the three, maybe Denny Avisha is one of those guys, but he's also, I'd say like, there's a possibility he is who he is and he's not going to be much better. And then you're in the situation that he's, he's again, another player that might not be good enough to put you over the top. I did not realize that his per 36 this year, because he only plays uh, 27 minutes a night, his per 36 this year is 16, seven and five. Yeah. Well, he only plays 27 minutes because they've been blown out of every game and they have to, they can't go to the other guys. And what is he? Is he 23, 24? Denny Avdija is 22, almost 23. Oh, 23 man, he's, he's young. Yeah, yeah, still a baby. I, I would I would take I a risk there. I, I don't I don't hate that either. Um, but again, our, that's not who we're talking about. Like you're looking yeah. at that right there might be a secession plan, right? Yeah. That might be like the next thing you're going to do after Harrison Barnes. Here's, here's where these type of um, Tyus Jones, Denny Avdija, if we're sitting here in the middle of January and Keegan Murray is suddenly shooting 42% from three and Kevin Herter has found his shot consistently and he's starting to, he's scoring 15 a night and you have Keegan Murray up in the 15 to 17 range and everything kind of starts to fall into place. And the Kings look like the Kings from last year. Now, all of a sudden, and De'Aaron Fox is, is continuing his superstar ascension. He's in the MVP conversation, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Right? 
now all of a sudden the bar for the player they need to go get for this year comes down significantly for me. Yeah, but he, the problem is the player still has to be good enough to to eat minutes mm-hmm. in a system be in, the rotation. Yeah, in, yeah. in a system that has Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, Sasha Vizinkov. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be a fringe French player. It, sure. it, like it has to be a a guy who's going to play 20, 20 minutes a night or something and and is good enough to beat out those players for some minutes and you know again if it, it's fine if you have 3 and D players that have long wingspans and everything else like a Kessler Edwards. Mm-hmm. The fact is Kessler Edwards can't get off the bench. He he can't find consistent minutes in this rotation. Yeah. He has to be much better than that where he walks in with the cachet that mm-hmm. he's going to play substantial time for your team. Hmm. That's why I like Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones doesn't need anything. Plug he, him in. He's good yeah. to go. I'm good with Tyus Jones. Yeah, Tyus Jones Tyus is Jones. one of my guys. Like I I've uh, a gangster. Like, well he just doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make mistakes. No. He plays defense. He Knocks down threes. threes. Yeah, like I, I would definitely look at him. I you know He's another... the reason the he's the reason Memphis was good when Jaw was out. Oh yeah, totally. Just having an awesome backup point guard. Yeah, and I feel for him because now he's in a bad situation where you're just sitting there. So I would look at Tyus Jones a lot of the way that that maybe people looked at Darren Collison years ago. Hmm. Like if Darren Collison is your starter, you're not very good. Sure. But if Darren Collison is in your your top seven of your rotation, mm-hmm. you're probably really good. Yeah. Would that? Do you think that would have an impact on Malik Monk though? Because it feels like Monk is really, I don't want to say taken off. But he's really taken to that kind of backup point guard role. Well, I mean, I think that Without that's one of the you. that's one of the problems that you have, and that's why like a Chris Duarte makes a ton of sense when you go get Chris Duarte. If he pans out and he be it becomes a player that you hope that he would be, like a defender that can shoot the three and, and they can give you give you some physicality, all those things. And I'm not saying give up on Chris Duarte at this point, but what I'm saying is that like if he can play off the ball and Malik can be the the lead guard as your backup. Mm-hmm. I think you're pretty good. I do too. Yeah. Does hey does Malik? Do, hmm. I have two directions to go here. Okay. What if the Clippers wind up stinking? Would you call and see what's up with Paul George? Of course. Okay. Yeah, because I think Paul George again puts you in the change championship contender. But Paul jo- this year, yes. Yeah. That is, he's the player that when you go look kind of throughout the league, and again, this is on the pretense that the Clippers all of a sudden lose 10 in a row and there's infighting and everything just looks like it's going to kind of blow up in their face. Yeah. So that's, yeah. There, there's a massive, massive caveat here. I think the Clippers are probably going to be a playoff team. So they're probably going to be fine. But if that doesn't happen, I think I'm 100% calling and then trying to compete for a title this year because that's the kind of move that would be. Yeah, and I, I think the problem, you know, of course, he's got an injury history. Um, he he also has a, a gigantic salary. He's at 45 million bucks, 45.6. I, I think his player option next year is 48. It's almost 49. <sighs> so that's nearly impossible <sighs> because in order to pull that off, it's it's like Barnes, it's harder. And then it's probably Duarte. I'm just, I'm just not saying like as a trade. I'm saying just to match salaries. Yeah, and that's and that that is where you get for me to. Okay, where's the like risk reward of this? At what point are you giving up so much that the addition is no longer making you better? 
Well, and that's where it's if the edition is twenty five years old. Sure. That's one thing. But that player is probably not available. Well, it's probably they're probably not available, but then you're taking a step a momentary step back to take a gigantic leap forward. So mm-hmm. let's just say that like Mikhail Bridges becomes available. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen, but right. let's say he does. Sure. Like you're giving up three first round picks and you're giving up plus. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever oh whatever yeah. you can you can give up to to make that move. Mm-hmm. It, and it's it's going to take something to match salaries, but on top of that, you're going to have to give up a bunch to match just the quality of player. Mm-hmm. But then he instantly becomes your third best player, and that's a different trade. Siakam, he instantly becomes your third best player, and it pushes everybody down a notch. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. Like those are players that you're willing to take that type of gamble on, especially if they check all of the boxes, right? So. Bridges is someone who checks like way, way too many boxes. And I think like if I compare him and OG Ananobi, like I would take Mikhail Bridges over OG Ananobi every single time. But I think I would do. Yeah. It's, you know, he's 27 years old. He fits your age arc. He's long athletic. He's one of the best defenders you're going to find. I mean, right now he's averaging 24 points for four assists and six rebounds a game. He's a steel machine. Like this is a guy that you're like, okay, I can, I can see him being like the equivalent of a big three. Plus, he's under contract for twenty one point seven this year, twenty three next year, and twenty four point nine the year after that. Like he had signed a ridiculous extension that was very affordable. He's a he's something that you throw you go all in. Like, what do I yeah, have yeah. to do to go all in to get you? But those I, players I, don't just come available. No. Yeah. No, and you not only have to have first-round picks, you might have to go get an additional first-round pick from someone else. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be... Yeah. I don't think they're in the earth-shattering move phase just yet, especially with Keegan Murray being up and down and in and out of the lineup, Kevin Herter being up and down. I think they're... I think the Kings would be fine going into this postseason saying, like, yeah, be competitive in the first round, maybe win a playoff series, and then look to continue building next year after reassessing in the offseason. Yeah. I think they'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, and I would say, like, I said it the other day, that, like, you need another Sabonis trade. That's what Mikhail Bridges would be. It would be, I, I'm getting a franchise cornerstone to go with two others. Yes. Yeah. And how that's going to that? take some doing. I don't know how you do that. But, yeah. yeah. Not not without not without unloading a, a significant access a- asset asset yes asset in uh, in the process all right we're gonna get out of here because we have to give way to i say we have to uh we have to freaking let d'lo and kc take over uh, d'lo and kc they're hanging out down at sky river casino right now at blue 32 head in there when you walk in the door it's just to the right head in there have a great time um good food good drinks they're giving away a ps5 courtesy of our friends over at jiffy lube and uh oh and nba 2k24 is coming with it that's right so head down there win a ps5 have a great time have some good food have some good drinks down at sky river appreciate everybody for hanging out today we'll be back tomorrow we will talk about the kings and Suns. we will also have a week 14 nfl look ahead for you all of that coming up on the insiders tomorrow d'lo and casey are next right here on espn 1320 sacramento's sports leader jiffy lou is what i'm calling it damn right okay Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 